welcome to Unscripted with Pastor Nate Morris. Here, each week we engage in candid conversations with Nate, focusing in on some of the subjects brought up in the Sunday morning teaching shared at Mountain Life Calvary Chapel. What does the Bible have to say about dating? That's a question pastors are often asked, and the answer is almost always the same, not much. In this episode of Unscripted, we're going to take a look at what God's Word does have to say about dating, marriage, and romantic relationships. Let's join the discussion now. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Broncos Radio with Pastor Nate Morris. Uh, Here we tackle everything having to do with the Denver Broncos. And what a victory that was last night, right? Oh, it was. That was that was Russ in uh, almost vintage form a little bit, even though he didn't. The, the numbers didn't show it, man. He made some game time decisions that really sealed that game for them. Um, that was good, good all around. All three phases played really well, except for the kicker. Um, that's the <laughs> kicker, but <laughs> that's the kicker. Yes. Well, if you're confused and wondering. Uh, if you got the wrong podcast, you did not. We're just having fun. Uh, and actually, we were just talking about the Broncos before we started. So um, welcome to Unscripted with Pastor Nate Morris. And I guess that was a little bit off the script talking about the Broncos. Um, but yeah, I, are they your favorite football team? Yes. Um, yeah, Broncos definitely are my favorite football team. If yeah. if I had to pick, that would be it. I I... I don't have time to watch sports, to be honest, for the most part. And so I, the, th- the reason I like football is it's like one game a week and oh, yeah. I only watch one team. I don't watch college football. I don't have time. I just don't have time for all that stuff. So like, I like basketball. I like hockey. I like, um, you know, some of these things, but I just don't have time for it. So for me, football is easy. I get it. I can watch the one game a week, usually after church when I'm already tired and just need to kind of rest anyways. <laughs> and so chill. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's 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 good. I enjoy it. And the Broncos are definitely my team. Have been um I didn't grow up liking football. I actually used to hate football when I was a kid, but um started liking it back in the Timmy Tebow days. Oh yes. And latched onto the Broncos with that nice. and have kind of been a fan ever since. That's great. How about you? <laughs> yeah, I you know, I grew up in Denver as a Steelers fan. And uh really I, I left, did not know this. Yeah. And then uh, when that was back with Terry Bradshaw, Mean Joe Green, and they were just amazing. And uh, the Steel Curtain, uh, because everybody liked the Broncos. And I guess I was just kind of like wanted to be different or something. And then when I moved away after graduating high school, then I started liking the Broncos. And so then they became my team after I left 84. So it's been a long time. But so you, you got crushing. to enjoy the John Elway days and oh yeah, you know yeah. The, the 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 repeat. I I you know, obviously I knew all that was going on, but I just at that point I was anti football, so I didn't really get mm. to enjoy it. And then and then I kind of watched a little bit with Jake the Snake and you know Brian Greasy and those guys. I, I watched it, but I wasn't really a fan. It wasn't like I said, it wasn't until till Tebow came on the scene. And then I got all excited about him, and then I realized he actually wasn't that great of a player. He just <laughs> had lots of heart and worked really hard. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so then I, since then, I've kind of picked up more on the the game itself. Mm. But this isn't a football podcast, so <laughs> yeah. So for those of you, hopefully, we haven't lost those of you who don't care about football, because yeah. really, what we want to talk about is dating. 
This is the dating podcast today, <laughs> at least. <laughs> Not forever, just for right. today. Um, it's like, what was, I have that a question. what was that show in the 90s? Like the radio show, was it Love Line or something like that? Oh my gosh. I don't know. I don't know. I don't yeah. Remember, I, <laughs> we're not doing call-ins though. Sorry. No, no, no call-ins today. But we do have questions from listeners, from people who are listening to your teaching on, on Sunday. And we're going to get into those in a second. But before we do, I'd like to ask you a question about dating. Um, did you portray yourself accurately when you were dating your now wife, Jen? What, how did I portray myself? I don't mm -hmm. remember. Do you feel like it was an dating. accurate portrayal of oh, yourself? Oh, oh, I thought you were talking about in the message. I thought you were talking about, did uh, I like no, give no, an accurate no. portrayal of myself when we, no. <laughs> um, I, like, I don't remember talking about that. Um, so I think that I wanted to be the very best version of me when okay. I was dating Jen. I think I wanted to like, and so. I did things that I wouldn't normally do and probably don't do anymore. Like what? Uh, give, us, just, give us a little bit. I mean, just like little romantic type things. You know what I mean? Like, uh -huh. like I went to, I found her car at her parking lot at work and put stuff under the wind, you know, windshield wipers and just like things like that. I, I don't know if that's romantic or stalker. I don't, I'm not sure which <laughs> well, one. Well, we were already was. dating, so it wasn't, oh, it okay, wasn't bad. Okay. But, okay, <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, not that I don't do things like that now in different ways, but I think um, I, like I was maybe excited to do those things and excited mm -hmm. to be that person for her. But to, but to be honest, it's like those things aren't necessarily who you always are. Supernatural. Moment, you know I mean? Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, uh, do you think you showered more than usual or you've always <laughs> had a really good hygiene about yourself? So I, I've. Since I remember, I've had to shower every day just because I can't stand being dirty. Like, I don't right. like being dirty. If I get yeah, sweaty, gross. I'll shower even if I already showered that day. So, <laughs> Wow, two in a day. That's kind of... Sometimes, sometimes, yep. What about cologne? No, that was never my thing. No. It never really was. As if you don't smell, you don't need cologne, so... <laughs> ah, got it. You don't got to cover so she up, knew so. she what she was getting into with you, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Except for she expected things on no. her car a little bit more. No, I mean I'm sure that there were lots of things that were um, that she didn't know about me, and there are probably mm -hmm. lots of things that you just kind of I don't even remember, but I'm sure there are lots of things that you kind of hide about yourself, you know, that you don't want the other person to <laughs> right. see. You know, it's like you know, oh, I don't want them to know this about me because then they're going to reject me. That's kind of that's the fear, right? That's right. What we, we, right. we have that fear of rejection. So we put our best foot forward, but, mm -hmm. um, after you get married, it kind of like starts to, that stuff starts to creep out a little bit. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's tough, you know, like, so you shared in the teaching that not a lot in the Bible about dating, um, not right. a lot to go on. And, and so for people who are in that dating realm, uh, it's, it's tough, like to know exactly how you should be, I guess, uh, you know, you can go to other scriptures and apply them into dating, even though it's not spe speaking specifically about dating, but mm -hmm. you don't want to lie and right. uh, pretend to be somebody that you aren't. But like you said, you, you do want to give off that best version of yourself. But yeah. Yeah, so we're, you, you kind of lumped in together a uh, dating and then marriage to a certain extent in regards to how it, uh, fits with dating and then romantic relationships. And, and you've been asking people to text in questions 
uh, while you're teaching. And so you got a number of questions and, and some that you weren't able to get to um, in the, at the end of the teaching when you shared some of those questions and answered them. So let's, let's get into some of these and, uh, and see like what, what it is that the, the people want answers to. So yeah, uh, this first one, I'm going to try and give you some zingers here. Um, yeah, that sounds good. Zing away. Uh, <laughs> now this is the person saying this, not me. Okay. So yeah. it says, I struggle with lust. Should I fix that before I get married? Can I yeah. serve God in singleness, even though I'm struggling with that sin? Yeah. Yeah. And we, um, I did get to answer that at the second service, but the person that asked it asked oh. it at the first service. So I'm glad that we're doing this question actually. Okay. Um, the, um, here's the thing struggling with something, um, like struggling with something like lust before you're married, uh, is not surprising. Um, but here's what I would say is you can't look to your marriage to fix that for you. Like marriage is not going to fix your lust problem. And so it's something that you need to be working on now, um, rather than later. And so, um, I think, does that mean that you shouldn't get married because you're struggling with lust? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. Um, I think you, what you do need to do is say, you know what, I have a problem with this. I need to work on this. And probably the way to work on that is to bring it before the Lord, but also just to like have somebody that you can share it with somebody that you're, that you're, that you trust that you can just kind of be like, Hey, pray for me. Like, would you walk through this with me? Um, I really want to honor the Lord. I want to honor my future spouse in this. And this is a battle that I have. So, um, and I think there's great victory to be had in that, but I think that that um the idea that people have that suddenly if you get married your lust and or your uh, you know tendency towards pornography and things like that is going to go away it, it's just not how it works in fact i'd say it probably that the temptation and the struggle becomes worse afterwards one because the enemy wants to attack marriages and that's a great way to do it and number two because um you will realize that your spouse can't actually meet um your expectations in every way sexually. Um, like what you, what you probably, if you're struggling with lust, you might infer that you, um, are dealing with pornography. I don't know. I'm not saying that this person didn't say that, but mm -hmm. if you're looking at pornography, one, you've already got a, a tainted view of what sex is and should be. And so bringing that view into your relationship with your spouse is they're not going to be like a porn star. <laughs> Just say it, you know, mm -hmm. it's not the same thing. And so the, the expectations and, and, and that's not even real, you know what I mean? Those are actors paying and they might be naked and performing sex acts, but they're, they're being paid to do that. They're not sitting there enjoying a, a godly relationship with somebody. And so being married won't fix your lust problem. So you need to address it now. And it kind of goes back to the, the, the last thing I said about being in a dating relationship is work on being the person you would want your spouse to marry more than thinking about looking for the right person. So do you want your future spouse to marry somebody that's really struggling with that? I would say, well, okay, let's, let's work on that. I'm going to start working on that. It doesn't mean if you meet somebody in the meantime, and you're still battling through that, that you can't proceed in a relationship with them. But mm -hmm. um, that's something that you need to be bringing before the Lord and getting help with. Um, <clears throat> I also think about s serving, you know, again, um, I think when you are stepping into serving the Lord, you are a sinner and we are all sinners. And so I'm not, I'm not saying that you can't serve the Lord as you're dealing with that. 
Uh, absolutely not. There, we all have our, our struggles and our, our battles. But I would say if it's not something you're working on and you're not actually struggling with it mm. and you've just given yourself over to it, that you probably should stop and get some help. And that's, yeah. that's where you need to be. Be like, I'm far less concerned with somebody who is battling through something, constantly wrestling with it, getting help, trying, but still occasionally failing than somebody who just says, well, you know, I can't control myself. So I just watch porn every night and, right. oh, well, I struggle with lust. You know what I mean? That's, that's not struggling. That's giving in. And so there's a mm. difference. I don't know. What do you think about that, Paul? Yeah, I think, you know, I would say if somebody's falling in sin, like that's what their struggle is, that they're repeatedly falling in sin in that area, mm-hmm. that they should not, that they should step yeah. out of ministry until they have a better hold on that. But, um, right. you know, just, I don't know when they say struggling with lust, I don't know if that's a temptation or if that's actually the right. sin. Uh, yeah, it's hard to it. say. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I mean, you're struggling with lust, like you see somebody on the street and you have a lustful thought or you're struggling with lust, like I look at my phone for an hour uh, at yeah. porn at night, you know, that there's yeah. different things. So, but the, yeah. uh, I do, I think, you know, for me, if anybody ever came and that was serving in ministry and, and shared something they're struggling with, like I had this experience where somebody had felt fallen in that sin, uh, years ago when I was in Baton Rouge and, and I just had them sit down, you know, for six months, I think. And, to see like is it something that they're going to be able to see victory over or is it something that they're mm-hmm. just going to continue to struggle with so yeah taking a break is it's not a bad idea if if it's something that you feel like is is having power over you yeah um a lot of these questions have to do with marriage i'm going to try and pull out some of these dating ones first but uh this one you you spoke about in in the first service i know for sure you answered this a little bit but the uh what about a person who's the question, I'll just sum it up. They're wanting to know that they're on the same spiritual um, trajectory with the person that they're dating, but how do they know that? Like, how do they find that out? Yeah. So here's what I see. So it's been a long time since I dated anyone. The last person I dated was my wife and that was, you know, 21 years ago. And so I haven't been on a dating scene. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, but what I do see in a lot of single people is they like somebody, that person likes them. And so they want all the best things to be true about them. Mm -hmm. And so they, uh, I've seen people who say, oh, this person is a Christian, therefore it's okay. We're on the same page spiritually. And so we're going to get in a dating relationship and move forward. And, and I've seen that multiple times fall apart because the person that they're talking about said, yeah, I'm a Christian, but are they actually walking with the Lord? Like, you know, are, are they, or this is just a box that they're checking. I grew up in the church or, you know, or even like, yeah, I kind of believe that just to kind of appease you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, we want that. We want to believe the best about the people that we're, you know, in a relationship with. That's a good thing. But, um, but you, but I think when it's, when you're talking about being on the same page spiritually, like the, the purpose of your relationship is to glorify God, really. That's the main purpose of a romantic relationship is to glorify God. And so if that person isn't, intending with their life to glorify God, if that's not their life purpose, then you're not going to have that in your relationship. And so therefore it cannot be a God glorifying relationship. So the, the back to the question, how do you know 
I mean, I think, here's what I think. I think, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I think, I think that if you're asking that question and you're already dating somebody, you're probably wanting them to be something they're not mm. is probably what it is. You're wanting them to be a strong spiritual leader, or you're wanting them to be somebody who really cares about the things of the Lord. And really, maybe they're just more checking the box of Christianity and they might even be going to church, but yeah. they're not really taking their faith seriously and actually plugging into the things of the Lord. And I think when you see somebody that's doing that, you, if you have the spirit of God inside you, you can see that in a person, you know, yeah. you can see that, Oh, this person is like, they're pursuing Jesus. Like they are, um, they're spending time in the word. They have thoughtful things to contribute to conversation when it comes to God. Um, they don't mind praying together, um, and maybe even initiate it. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, you know, setting good boundaries in our physical relationship because they care about their walk with the Lord. They're not pushing you to break your down your boundaries in the physical relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, these are things that are just hallmarks of somebody who's seeking the Lord. Right. And, yeah. and I think when you see somebody that's seeking the Lord, you kind of can just, you can see it, you know, and there, there of course there's, there's there's never a hundred percent surety. And sometimes people are seeking the Lord and then later they they're not. And sometimes people who are seeking the Lord, you get married and you still end up having problems because that person hasn't dealt with stuff in their life. I mean, we're human, right? We're dealing with fallen humans, but, but when you're looking to get married, you want to, you want to look for somebody that is with their whole heart seeking the Lord, loving the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's the first and greatest commandment. That's the, that's the most important thing for us to do. And so what you want to do is look for somebody that's doing that. Yeah. I think, uh, to another good idea is, is to invite maybe some Christians that, you know, uh, who love you, care about you into that relationship to a certain extent and ask for their advice. Like, what do you think about this person and be willing to hear them? Um, because yeah, like you, you said in the introductory question, you know, they're going to show you what they think you want them to see with, yeah. with something like that. Yeah. And, <laughs> I know what you're saying. They're going to, they're going to put out there what they think you want. Right. Right. And I had, I went through a couple relationships, serious relationships where I thought I was, and then this is the other thing too, is like, if you're like really super solid in your walk with the Lord, you can probably tell if somebody isn't, mm-hmm. but I think where the confusion comes in more often is where you're kind of, you're starting the process of walking with the yeah. Lord. And then it's more difficult for you to tell. And I experienced that when I was dating and I had two relationships that I thought like this person is wanting to follow the Lord and it turned out they weren't. And yeah. Then when I, my first date with my now wife, Amy, uh, I, I liked her so much. Oh my gosh. I wanted this relationship so bad. And, but I told myself the next person I date, I'm going to, on the first date, I'm going to ask them if they want to do a devotional together and pray together. And that'll mm-hmm. be my kind of like <laughs> my little litmus test. Yeah. And I was so nervous. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We're about to say good night. And I was like, Hey, uh, before we say good night, what do you think about this? And she was like, Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. I was like, Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So glad That's that awesome. it worked out. Yeah. yeah. When I met my wife, um, it was at a college group at a church, a big church in Denver. And and um they broke us into prayer groups at the end of the, this message. So we we were praying for each other and it was like this 
group of like six or seven people and she was in it and I could just like from like we introduced ourselves met each other and I could just see in her I was like this girl loves the Lord you know I could just see it and she was um she was like serious in her prayer but also like caring about other people and it was it was Mm -hmm. so it's it's kind of something you saw there and I think you're right people do put forward what you want them to put forward and then you also want to believe the best about them and so between those two things bringing somebody else in and asking somebody else's opinion at least at the beginning of a relationship is a really good Mm. way to kind of like check your own emotions about it because when somebody likes you it gets exciting right oh this person Mm -hmm. likes me and they're kind of cute and they're kind of like you know like oh they 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 come to church and oh, we, we have the same sense of humor, like, oh, this is this could be really cool. And so you get excited about it and you, you kind of throw some of your judgment out the window because mm. of that. And so I think you're that's a, a great point, asking somebody to um speak into that. And mm. and there's been times, honestly, when I've spoken into that and people's or, or seen that kind of speaking into somebody's relationship and the person didn't take the advice. Right. And then yeah, so, um yeah. And then later they're like, yeah, I should have taken your advice. And it's like, yeah, yep. okay. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yep. Sadly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. I think something you said there is, is kind of cool too, is like, if you're uh, a single person listening to this and uh, you love the Lord, uh, pursue the Lord with everything you have. And if you want somebody who is on that same page of wanting to pursue the Lord, they're going to find that very attractive in you. Like Nate was talking about with Mm -hmm. Jen, you know, that was something that attracted him to her. And I think that, you know, sometimes like there may be a temptation to not make that such a big deal so that people will find you attractive. Well, if you want somebody who loves the Lord, they're going to find that that very attractive. Uh, Absolutely. That you love the Lord and you're passionate about the Lord. And so. that's, that's a good word right there, Paul. I think that that's because you're right. Cause there is that temptation to kind of like, especially if you don't know where somebody's at, but you like them to kind of like hold that back just a little mm-hmm. bit. But if you just be real about who you are and your walk with the Lord and like put it out there, I think that, that the type of person you want is going to be attracted to that. So yeah. that's cool. Well, now I want to get to your hot take. Yeah. Do you know what that is? No, I don't. What was your hot take from the teaching? Okay, I'll tell you what it was. Uh, about the government involvement in a marriage. And so yeah. uh, you talked about how, you know, in God's eyes, you know, a piece of paper from your local governing authority isn't what yeah. makes you married. And mm-hmm. I was just, as you were talking about that, I was like, oh man, I wonder (laughs) how people are interpreting this. And they're thinking like, oh yeah, this is cool. We're, you know, we never got married and, but we are married in God's eyes and stuff. And, and so, uh, what is it, the point, this is one of the questions kind of, um, that what is, what is the point where you become married? If it's not a certificate from the government that, that causes it and stuff. And, and if I, if, two people are seriously dating and they both, especially here, they can't afford to live in two separate mm-hmm. places. And yeah. they're like, you know, it makes financial sense to move in together. Let's yeah. just move in together and stuff. And, right. and you know what? God knows we're married. Like, are they married? Right. right. Yeah. That, uh, that's a great question. And one of the services, I can't remember which one I kind of dove into that because somebody asked that question. Um, they asked, can you be in a, biblically biblical covenant marriage without 
the uh or without a formal ceremony or something like that i think mm-hmm. was the question and yeah. um and my answer on sunday is the same thing that i would kind of say today is that well let me back up just a little bit because for generations i think people have said getting married is getting the, their marriage license from the state filling it out making sure you have the right things, you know, in certain states, you have to take a blood test and different things like that. And, you know, you go through all the motions and you, you can go to a justice of the peace or you can have a pastor do it. Uh, in some states, the pastor has to be licensed in Colorado. Actually, anybody can marry you. Anybody that wants to sign it can marry you. Um, <laughs> so it doesn't even matter. Um, but the, there's been different laws and it's kind of been like, and then I think this has led to the culture wars about marriage and what is the definition of marriage and is it okay for um, you know, homosexual couples to get married and the Supreme Court over you know, basically overturning rulings against, uh, homosexual marriage, which does not line up with biblical covenant marriage. Um, and so in my mind, I think that the, what we need to recognize is that marriage is not a promise before the state. It's a promise before God Mm. and a promise before God is a much heavier promise than a promise before the state. And, while God may not be visible in front of us and enforce the law of the land and cause us to have to file divorce paperwork and those types of things with the state to break up that marriage, his, his rule, his, uh, holding of that covenant is much stronger than the government's, you know? Um, and so what I would say is that the government doesn't define marriage. The government doesn't get to declare whether someone is married or not. I don't believe in light. In fact, in Jesus's day, they didn't have that. The government wasn't issuing marriage mm-hmm. licenses. You didn't file anything with the government. You got together with usually, you know, it was, it was two families that arranged a marriage. You would go together and you would sign this covenant together as a, mm-hmm. a covenant between the two families and between the two spouses, uh, agreeing to marriage. And, um, and it was something that was seen that was uh, as, you know, binding it was it was a binding covenant it wasn't authorized or enforced by the government but it was binding and i think that's what this is in terms of the modern you know how would i apply that today uh to be in a biblical biblical covenant marriage means to before god and before your community to declare that you are to becoming one mm-hmm. and so that 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 can involve a formal ceremony that's very traditional, like what we normally do. That can involve a less formal ceremony, but I do think it involves witnesses yeah. uh, to the act of, of of marriage. You know, I think it involves promises to each other and to God mm-hmm. um, in light of what the Bible says about marriage. Um, does it have to have a pastor? I don't believe that necessarily. You don't actually see that in the scriptures. There's no example of a rabbi marrying people or, you know, things like that. We kind of have these cultural traditions that we've built up that we kind of say is what marriage is. And I think that's kind of what I was trying to undo a little bit is the, the idea that, um, marriage is this thing that's controlled by the government. And so, um, so the, the kind of the long and short of it is to answer that person's question. No, you don't have to, um, you don't have to have what everybody expects to be for your ceremony of having a biblical government marriage, but I don't believe that it's just, you know, you and the girlfriend that you've been living together, just deciding, well, we're married now. 
mm-hmm. you know, and suddenly kind of just saying that that's what it is. Now, could you, who have been in a living together relationship, decide we want to get married? Let's just go do it now because we're already together. We want to keep moving forward. Let's kind of start to do things God's way and arrange something with with a pastor or or somebody that that kind of has a place to speak into your life to to do something like this and have that place where you're committing to each other and and um, doing those covenants and and that type of thing. Absolutely, yeah, I think that that's fully valid, but, but I don't think that it's just saying, okay, we're married now. We like each other, (laughs) you know? So here's a question that wasn't submitted that I put out to the groups this week. Um, do you think arranged marriages like what was done in Bible times? Do you think those are better than people choosing their own spouse? And like, I know before you get married and have kids, you think that's mm-hmm. dumb. But after you get married and have kids, you're kind of like, hmm, maybe that's not such a bad idea. At least that's me. <laughs> yeah. The parents but, uh, do like the idea of picking the spouse for your kids. I get that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What uh what do you th- what do you think about that? Is it is it, man, I just like uh, you've talked about this before, but I can't even imagine going back there and being single yeah. and dating and trying to find a spouse and stuff like it's almost yeah. like no somebody just fix me up with somebody and i'll just yeah, do the best totally. i can with it but um what do you think about that do you think god cares one way or the other or do you think one is better than the other yeah i um so i don't know that one is necessarily better than the other and i don't think that one is necessarily god ordained and the other isn't um, i think we can see the culture that did that for those days and god worked in that I think we've seen God also work in our culture today and in mm-hmm. marriages that were came about more through the dating method and that. Um, so from a methodology standpoint, I don't think that we can say one is better than the other, but what I would say that I'd see as beneficial in kind of the more matchmaking type of marriage, whether it's an arranged marriage where you think about like Adam and Eve, like God created Eve for Adam. It wasn't like they dated and you know. he didn't have much of a choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He really didn't. Yeah. Um, I think that the expectation you come in with is different and you probably come in with yeah. a more realistic expectation of what marriage is because mm. when you come in with the dating expectation, the other person again is putting their best foot forward. They're always on their top game. And then once they hook you, and they've you know set the hook. It's like fishing, right? You, you you put the bait out there, you set the hook, you reel it in, and then you caught it, right? Once you've been hooked and reeled in, <laughs> and you've and you've um, kind of and they've signed the document and you've done the deal, then it's like, all right, I'm married now. Now I don't have to like try so hard. Try, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And the problem with that yeah. is, is that's, that's, that's what ends up being the yeah. reality, you know? And I, so I think in something like an arranged marriage situation, you come into it with a more realistic expectation. It's like, I don't know this person. I hope I'm going to love this person. I'm going to choose to love this person because this is what, um, I've committed to. Uh, it's more you committing yourself to another person than it is, um, some sort of, uh, you know, um, you know, like just experience where you're always looking. Now, what I didn't really clarify in that in those days is a lot of times those families and couples would know each other. It wasn't usually a stranger that you were marrying, mm-hmm. you know, and you might've even known that you were betrothed to that person from the time you were an, a young teenager, you know, like you, you might know this is going to be my wife, 
right here, you know, yeah. and, and you see them around town and you interact and you see each other all the time and you have that opportunity to build those types of romantic feelings and things over time. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So again, I don't know if it's one is better than the other, but I think that there's the plus to the, to the side of, um, arranged marriage is probably more just coming into it with the expectation of that it's a duty and it's a privilege and that it's you're coming to choose love not necessarily mm-hmm. to hope for love you know what i mean you're you're choosing yeah. love and that's what marriage is is choosing love over and over and over and over and over again yeah and that, i think that it is that the danger side of the dating game is that um you do like you have like a false perception of what a marriage is supposed to be. Whereas in the arranged marriage days, I think they had a better understanding of what, what it was. I, I've seen that in careers uh, mm-hmm. as well. Like, you know, when people feel this pressure of trying to pick the right career rather than like in cultures yeah. where your career is already set out for you because your family yeah. or your tribe or whatever and so they yep. still find joy in life, but they don't look to the wrong thing. You know, they look at their career for what it's supposed yep. to be, you know, a way to pay the bills or whatever, mm-hmm. put food on the table. And in a marriage, I think, you know, when it's arranged, it's probably easier to see it as what it's supposed to be. And it's not, oh, this, I found the person who's going to make me happy, you know, but it's like, this is the person God has called me to love and serve for the rest of my life. And then you find joy in that and in other things in life and stuff but yeah yeah and i think the thing that that we who are are because i mean i don't think i don't think that's ever coming back here to be honest that that arranged marriage thing i just don't think that that's sure? i i don't know i'm trying i think it's you're trying <laughs> no, no. i mean not just maybe parents kids. setting their kids up a little bit but um <laughs> But I think the thing we can learn is that, you know what I mean? That it's that it, again, yeah. that choice, choice to love, it's the choice to love. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's, that's what, you know, I, I think that the benefits of, of, of the dating method or the, you know, courtship or whatever you want to looking for a spouse method over the arranged marriage, are you, you do get to know a little bit about the person, you know, you do kind of see mm-hmm. if you have natural chemistry or whatever that looks like, but but then the same requirement of choosing to love that person exists once you get into it, you know, down the road. Yeah, so for sure. Yeah. I don't know. We should, uh, maybe sometime bring in some single people who are dating and, uh, yeah. Talk with them about this subject. A couple married guys. Uh, I know this one right? been married for 30, you for 20. And yeah. it's like, <laughs> it's easy yeah. for us to talk about it. <laughs> I know since we're yeah. not in it anymore, it's, but totally. So I if, kind of gave that disclaimer on Sunday. I'm like, I, I can sit yeah. up here and speak about this, but yeah. Yeah. But, uh, if you're listening to this and you are in that zone and you're struggling through it, um, just, uh, just trust in the Lord. And, uh, he really, he's been doing a good job for quite a few years and, uh, he'll do a good yeah. job with you as well. Yeah. Uh, but that's all we have time for today. So, uh, Next week, I did want to be uh, sorry, but yeah, before we get before we close up, I did want to. There was one question that came in that I didn't really answer very well, and I it was more because I I saw something that came up on it, and so somebody texted in, um, is infidelity a biblically valid reason for divorce? Somebody texted that Mm -hmm. in, and I answered yes and kind of moved on because I was like shotgunning messages, you know, like which, 
Um, and that is a biblically valid grounds for divorce. So just clarifying, yes, it is absolutely. But I do want to say that that's not always the best thing, even in that situation. Um, because I've seen people who have had infidelity situations have miraculous, you know, God interventions and recoveries and, um, just really powerful moves of the spirit in that. Um, so don't think that that's like a, well, my, my spouse cheated on me, so I better get a divorce. It's more a matter of Jesus gave permission for that, for someone who, um, for someone who has been offended in that way, who, who has their spouse has had an affair. Uh, it's like an understanding, like it's hard, like, and that, and God gives you kind of grace and permission for that to, to step out of that relationship, um, because of that. So just a little clarifying yeah. word on that question. Cause I, I answered it really quick and moved on and just wanted to add that back in there. So great. All right. Well, next week we'll be getting into more in depth in marriage. Uh, talking about that uh, side of things, trying to stay on the dating side this week. And then, uh, yeah, and then we'll get into parenting and uh, worker, boss, worker relationships, right? Yep. Yep. Should be right. good. Thanks for joining us for today's conversation. If you'd like more material from Pastor Nate, you can go to PastorNate.com. That's the word pastor, the letter N, and the number 8.com. And for more information about our church, you can connect with us through our website at mountainlife.church. Hope you can join us again next week as we continue the conversation.